Welcome to Paris and Bazcast, where we answer your property and finance-related questions. And here's this week's topic with your hosts, Gurdev and Anmol Singh. All property and finance questions answered. Here we are today, Gurdev and I. Hello. Hello. How are you going? <laughs> um, on our weekly episodes, Thursdays, 3 p.m. Hello to everyone coming on. Uh, and the topic of discussion today is actually the questions that we've received from you guys over the last couple of weeks uh, based on um, what's happening in the market in terms of uh, finance, property management, sales. So we're going to be touching a few of those. As you are coming on as well, you're welcome to uh, send us your questions. We will uh, go through as many as we can while we are live and even afterwards would be happy to uh, answer them as well. So just to recap, Paris and Bazcast is uh, is uh, dedicated to answering your questions. As you also know, this is our season two. Uh, so we had season one, we would, which was in the office in the good old days yeah. when we could have people uh, in the office uh, sit with us uh, and all um, guest speakers and industry um, specialists talking about a number of different topics that impact property management, sales and finance, the three services we provide. So season two has been all Zoom yeah. related. And also um, if there's a topic you guys want to want us to discuss uh, do let us know as absolutely. well absolutely yeah. and we'll find the uh the right buyer oh not the buyer, <laughs> <laughs> the buyer. <laughs> find the uh the right um, guest speaker yes, to come and talk to you about that as well so um we have just launched as of last week on to apple podcasts spotify google podcasts as well so you can enjoy this uh, and listen to it um uh, in in your car or when you're out and about not wanting to uh to watch the video you've always got the option of doing that as well so please Please make sure you subscribe and leave your reviews there too. So without further ado, let's get started on the top five questions that we have received. So hello to everyone coming on Instagram as well. So these questions are from our audience, um, mainly at Facebook and Instagram. First question, so for you, Gadev, is it worth getting a bridging loan? in the current market? Uh, that's uh, from Amy from Facebook. Thank you for sending us that message. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a very commonly asked question. Uh, in today's market, I would say bridging finance is you should you should probably go for it if if you can get it. Let's um, if you what uh, and, what is, that, and what is bridging finance? Basically, it allows you to purchase a property uh, without you selling your existing property. So basically, stock is tight at the moment. So if you found something that you like, you can pay a deposit. And in the meantime, sell your property. Normally, the lender allows you 12 months to sell your existing property uh, with interest um, uh, capitalizing on the loan. And you pay that at the end of the one year or you can pay a monthly. So normally it's at, at the end of the term. Now, they normally give you 12 months uh, to sell your property. Um, if you do not sell your property within 12 months, then the bank does get involved. And they can come in and repossess the property and sell the property on your behalf. But based on what's but happening in the market exactly. at the moment, the, I think selling property in today's market it's 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 quite easier than before. Stock, <laughs> stock is tight at the moment. There's more buyers there's, out there. Um, there's a buyer backlog. So yes, bridging finance. If you guys can get it, um, it's it is advisable. Now it comes down to which lender your existing loan is with as well, uh, because not all banks offer. Bridging finance. Mm -hmm. So you got to make sure that your existing lender can offer you the bridging finance. And also if you have enough equity, 
buffer in your existing property, which allows you to get the bridging finance as well. So there's a couple of boxes that need to be ticked before you can um, you can get the loan, mm. the bridging bridging finance loan. There you go. So yeah. definitely get in touch with us to discuss your individual yeah. circumstances. And also on top of that, interest rates can slightly be higher on, on the bridging finance because the interest is, is getting capitalised on, on top of the loan. So, mm. so you're paying two loans, basically. Two loans, basically, yeah. Mm. So Thank the longer you don't sell your property, the more interest which will accumulate over the period. Mm. But once your property is sold and given yeah. the way that the market is at the yeah. moment, it is selling quickly. Because what we have seen also is some of our clients, they've sometimes sold the property um, and they can't buy another property, so they're out of the market. Mm-hmm. And prices are increasing every day. So you don't want to be in that situation where you've sold and you're losing properties and, yeah. Yeah, so um, I would talk about that in terms of the trends that I'm seeing in the rental market as well, so stay tuned. Yep. Um, perfect. So I've got a question here from Zabi. Where do I need to study to work in real estate or property? So your main, um, the main industry body f- uh, governing real estate uh, work is Real Estate Institute New South Wales. They have a number of online courses as well for you to um, uh, start from with a certificate of registration then make your way up uh, to be a licensed one satellite or license to holder. All of those details are on Real Estate Institute New South Wales website. So definitely recommend you reaching out to them. That's where we got our qualification as well. So definitely reach out there. Um, And yeah, any other questions while we are live, happy to answer as well. So feel free to send them through. Second question, again, to do with mortgages. So this is from Priya from Facebook. Thank you, Priya. What are some of the, or what are the common out-of-pocket fees associated with a loan, and I've added another one to it to make sure we cover both aspects. Mm. One, when you're refinancing, and the other, when you're getting uh, when you're purchasing a property and yeah. you're getting a new loan. Normally, when you're purchasing a property, um, if you've got a 20% deposit, so there will be no normally no lender's mortgage insurance as well, which is mortgage insurance, so if you have a 20% deposit. Um, the other fees that would be applicable are the mortgage registration fees um, when the mortgage gets registered under your name. Uh, sometimes the lenders do also charge a settlement fee as well. But other than that, normally there's no application fee with the majority of the lenders. It will, again, come down to which, which lender, lender which lender you're going going with. Um, that They're the commonly um, fees when, when purchasing a property. When refinancing uh, a property, uh, the normally there's a discharge fee of $350, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty standard across the board. So you pay that to the outgoing oh, lender? Outgoing lender. And then there's a registration of the mortgage with the incoming lender as well. So there, there's that fee uh, involved as well. Mm-hmm. But with refinancing, normally going... Also, depending on which lender you go, there's normally cashbacks involved as well. Mm-hmm. So that cashback, whether it's two thousand or three thousand, normally covers the fees uh, when you're refinancing your loan. So normally it covers the out-of-pocket expenses, and you've got money in your pocket after you've done the refinance. Okay, so it's so, it's better to refinance in terms yeah, of fees. But you can only refinance after <laughs> once you, you have a loan. <laughs> so exactly. You, go. So, so and also when refinancing, also you got to make sure is that. Um, if the loan is fixed, mm. um, is there any break cost involved from the outgoing lender? If if it's, if it is fixed, then you got to see the cost and benefit. Um, sometimes right. it is worthwhile. Sometimes a break a loan to refinance to get on a cheaper rate with another lender, mm. and you recover that cost over one or two years, depending on the loan size and what the amount you as well. Do. And mm. also, if you've paid LMI initially on your loan and you're refinancing, you got to make sure there's enough buffer in the loan. In, in the, the property has increased in value that you've got 20% equity in there, so you can refinance without paying LMI again. Okay. So otherwise, you'll be paying LM, lenders' mortgage insurance with the other lender again. 
Okay. So you've got to be careful with that. Mm. Sometimes paying lenders mortgage insurance can be beneficial if you've already paid it initially when you borrow 90 or 95% from a bank when you're doing a top up with that existing lender because you normally get a credit for that mortgage insurance that you've originally paid. But mm-hmm. if you go to another lender, the mortgage insurance will be charged again. Okay. A bit technical, but yeah. Yeah. So again, happy to, happy to answer individual questions there as well. So we've got another question from Zabi. How long would it take to study? To work efficiently in real estate, do you reckon I would do this through TAFE? Look, yes, TAFE is another um, avenue to consider. Uh, uh, roughly, I think they're allowing about one year, but again, all those details, you want to make sure that you're getting it uh, from uh, industry bodies, so realestateinstitute.com.au. Um, uh, uh, they'll be able to outline the pathway to be able for you to uh, become an independent agent um, and to be able to list and sell property. So because currently when you are doing just a certificate registration, which is your first step, uh, you can't actually sign on the agency agreement to represent, um, you know, to, for, to be able to sell or rent out a property. You need another uh, licensed agent to be able to do that. So those um, things, that definitely can be answered through Real Estate Institute uh, for that. Now, third question from Jigger from Instagram this time. Do I have enough equity how do I know if I have enough equity in my property to buy an investment property? Yeah, that, that's another commonly asked question. Um, the only way we can find out is if when we order the valuation through the lender. Mm-hmm. So we we can sometimes order two or three valuations with multiple lenders, um, see where we get the highest valuation. Um, different banks use their own valuers. So obviously, the higher the valuation, the more equity we can take out to buy the other property. Mm-hmm. But also, you've got to look at the interest rate and the overall terms and conditions of that lender as well. Does it cost to get the valuation? Normally, the major banks, um, the the valuation, there's no valuation fee. There's no so valuation fee. So that's covered fee. by the lender. Mm. By going to the second and third tier lenders, sometimes there are valuation fees applicable. Mm-hmm. So yeah. say you own a property and um, you've uh, you know you own you've only got fifty percent of its um, value, uh, you know, on Original, loan right. remaining. Yeah. So you've got that fifty percent, which that, can be used yeah. as a deposit to yeah. buy another property. See, the, the, that's that's where the misconception is. Normally, when if say if you've got a fifty percent mortgage on your existing property, normally you up to 80% without paying mortgage insurance, or you can go up to 90 or 95% uh, paying lenders' mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. So you can't go to 100%, you can't fully gear the property up to 100%. Mm-hmm. So the, the lender has to have some equity buffer in the property when taking out equity mm-hmm. to, when, to uh, when buying another property. Okay, there yep. you go. So yeah, that can only be determined after ordering the valuation with the lender. Mm-hmm. And then we do the calculations and the borrowing capacity, which is another commonly asked question, which flows on from that. Yeah. How much can, How I, much borrow? can I borrow? And then what are the monthly repayments? And obviously then loan restructuring as well. Mm. So, so we were talking and- offline about how much you can borrow versus what the actual repayments come up to yeah. be, which comes sometimes comes as a bit of a shock that, yeah. yes, you know you can uh, you can borrow, borrow. Yeah, a million. when we talk but- with clients, they say, we can say you can borrow, for example, a million dollars. And when we tell them the repayments, they get be taken back that it's quite significant amount. Yeah. So you gotta yes, you gotta see how much you can borrow. That's very important. But also are you comfortable in making the repayments um with your daily what, living yeah, as well? What, yeah, based on your other expenses. So yeah, yep. d- don't recommend you, you know, being yeah. so you gotta, to the you gotta do the I full was. analysis. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. So Kate on Facebook, I have applied for so many properties but keep missing out. How can I make my application stronger? The key things that we are seeing at the moment. The rental market is strong. strong. 
very strong. Mm. And there are a bit of an anomaly right now, what we are seeing from anecdotal feedback on the ground uh, from those that are coming to our inspections, to our rental property inspections. What they're telling us and what we're seeing is that there's so two things are happening at the moment. One, those that have sold a property and haven't been able to find the property to that they want to upgrade to are now wanting to rent out for a year. And so, so there's that artificial inflation of those people, those tenants coming into the market actively looking for properties. Then there are uh, there's a trend for a number of investment properties that are likely to come on the market in the next 90 to 120 days. So these are tenants that have received a notice from their landlord uh, that says, look, I'm going to be selling. I need vacant possession uh, before I uh, sell this property. So please, um, uh, you know, provide us vacant possession so we can sell the property. So there's a lot of those tenants that are coming out to inspect these properties because they know that their owner is going to sell, going to sell yeah. by the end of the year. So stock is tight on the selling front and even on the rental front, which yeah. is which is quite different from last COVID during last year. Yeah. We saw quite a bit of movement movement around. So absolutely, stock is tight in the rental market. So, so yeah, so we we are, for example, for for one property rental property, uh, you know, we like for example, we had in Schofield, we had twenty two applications to go through. Mm-hmm. I had where so this is again the difference now between the inspections we're currently doing versus what would normally happen in an open home. Uh, a typical rental property inspection goes from 15 to 25 minutes um, and a number of people go through walk in have a look and you know obviously multiple people going in at one time makes it a lot quicker but now that it is one-on-one inspections we are spending anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half allowing to make sure that these people that are interested are um, you know have their own designated five minutes inside the property to be able to go and have a look see it properly and, and so on so there is that much interest we've got you know that many people that are coming in to see these properties and then when the applications come through it does there's a lot for the owner to choose from. Now, some of the things that we have seen that are currently working. So, for those of you who are looking at renting at the moment, what are some of the uh, the uh, what are some of the other tenants doing, applicants doing, is that um, they're offering rent in advance. Uh, so you you know if you can offer one month, two months, three months, six months rent in advance to be able to make your application stronger. Because remember. The owner is looking for, hello, Sandy. Hello. The owner is looking for um, a tenant that A, can make them, ensure that they, they've got track record of making payments on time and B, look after the property. Some of the things that um, the applicants that are doing, so to show if they don't have a rental history and they're wanting to show proof of the fact that they have been meeting their um, regular payments, they're attaching their loan account statement. To show that they've been paying their, you know, they've owned a property before, they don't have a rental history. So there's your loan account statement showing you've been paying regular uh, payments. And then even to the point of how they're looking after the properties, I've had video calls with some of these um, applicants showing me how well their gardens are looked after or how well their property is. You've got to do whatever you can because when we're receiving so many applications, what you've got to see who's got the edge over the other. It, it's sometimes it, very hard to. Yeah, exactly. So who, who uh, would be, well, you know, it's the landlord if 
uh, finally yeah. making the decision. Mm -hmm. But these are the kind of things that um, make it easier. So even the other thing that I would suggest is talking to the agent, showing them like if you've got a deadline coming up because your settlement's approaching and you haven't been able to find a property, uh, having a conversation with the owner, the ten, uh, the agent, asking them what will it take for me to take get this over the mm -hmm. line because I've got a deadline to work with, um, always um, has helped it with our instances as well because we can identify, okay, look, these, um, you know, this is the situation, this is the scenario, who can move in the quickest, that's the other thing that the owners are looking for, the person who can move in the quickest to avoid that vacancy factor in between two tenants, um, uh, you know, in terms of the payments paying, you know, more than uh, what is being advertised is yeah. becoming so common as it is. Um and, um, you know, just building that report with the agent to explain your situation yeah, would be the recommendations that I would put forward. So thank you for that question, Kate. And lastly, um, the question, one of the, the, the top five questions that we received for this week is, uh, so this one's from Michelle from Instagram. How, uh, okay, so I am a landlord and my tenant has lost more than 25% of their income despite the government assistance. Now, I don't pay land tax. Am I eligible for any assistance from the government? The answer is yes, you are. So there's two ways that you can get um, uh, government assistance. One is if you pay land tax, there's a, um, you know, that can be claimed through your land tax uh, payable. There's a, a reduction there. The second is a um, through New South Wales Fair Trading. If you have after the 14th of July, if you've agreed with your tenant uh, a reduced rental amount, um, you can claim up to three thousand dollars per property. This was $1,500 up until last uh, week or so. Now it has come up to $3,000 per property. So up to, so you've got to be able to have shown that you have waived the rent for that amount to be able to claim that as a payment that can be applied, that can, that can come even in your uh, agent's account. So your um, real estate agent can apply this uh, on your behalf um, and uh, there's got to be a, 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 a form to be filled out uh, to, between the land uh, agent and the tenant um, that is this is the reduction in the rent and uh, that's the proof and obviously the proof you've got to be able to show that the tenant has suffered loss even after the government assistance you can help your tenants out in that way so i highly recommend yeah. any um any Pl landlords plenty, plenty of assistance available out there. as yeah for as long as we can so look our government's mm. doing as much as they can yeah. to be able to support um the sector so thank you very much for all these people that have sent us these questions. And please feel free to send us um, as a private message, email, or even just on the comments here, uh, any other questions that we can answer the next time around as well, um, or even it helps us formulate what other guest speakers that we can get um, in the upcoming episode. So this is something we do every Thursday at 3 p.m. online. It goes on all, all of our social media channels, and then it also gets converted into an audio and uh, published on our podcast channels as well. So Apple Podcasts. Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. Uh, please check us out there as well and leave your review. Yep. Any final words before we uh, next week? Uh, next week we've got Cam Samraja talking about debt of finance um, coming in. So that will be an interesting Loose. topic. Um, a yep. little bit different to the normal residential commercial finance. So, yep, st stay tuned for stay that. Stay tuned for that one. Perfect. Thank you very much for watching, guys, and we will see you guys next time. See ya. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to our channel for weekly episodes. See you guys next time.